Amen. Well, I'm going to, each year, um, how I came into the ministry, I've been saved now 27 years, could be today. Today could be the anniversary, it was February 27 years ago that uh, I got born again and showed up at my parents' house and uh, it was a Sunday night and uh, I needed to get saved, amen. I was in a bad, 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 bad place and uh, I asked, I needed to be born again and uh, 27 years ago it started this journey and the way that God's kind of guided and directed me is that I just started serving and that was just my way to help connect to the body so as I uh, got saved, I, I came into my local church, was West Houston Christian Center, and uh, I was discipled, and um, I came to church. You know, a lot of times what we need, we don't need a lot of counseling. If we'll just come to church and take some good notes, you'll get everything that God has for you and will help you with whatever situation you're dealing with. Amen? So it's important that we come to church, and it's important that you come to a church that preaches and teaches the Word of God, because that is, Jesus said, go and make disciples. He didn't say go and make church members. He said go and make disciples. And a disciple is a disciplined one. And in order for there to be discipline, then I have to be taught. And in order for me to be taught, I have to take the information seriously by therefore writing it down. Amen? So I believe in taking notes. And I was discipled. I worked through a workbook. Uh, we went through all like biblical doctrine. What do we believe? Why do we believe it? And then I started serving. And uh, they put me in the sound booth, and I knew nothing about sound, nothing. But you know what? It helped connect me to the body. So it made me know as a new young Christian, and I came out of a, uh, a nightclub, a partying scene. I came out of actually running a bar and a club when I was in San Marcos and working in them, and I was used to the nightlife. I was used to lots of people. I was used to that atmosphere. And when I came into the church, you know, you don't have that atmosphere anymore. You shouldn't at least, right? So I had to learn how to have friends. I had to learn how to have relationships. And it was hard at the beginning because you go from this superficial to actually people that are real. And so I needed something extra to connect me. And so being a part of the praise team, being part of the sound team, it kind of helped connect me to the church and it helped me develop my favorite word in the whole wide world, faithfulness. Say faithfulness. Faithfulness, faithfulness, faithfulness. So they put me in the sound booth. I would come to practices. I would come to early, you know, and they would just say, Jack, see that big button on the right? Either move it up or down as we direct you. That was my alliteration when it came to running sound. But you know what? On those Sunday mornings when maybe I was struggling a little bit with, man, I don't want to go. I don't know anybody and I miss my old life and I'm, I'm lonely and I want all those things. In the back of my mind, it said, no, no, Jack, there's somebody that's counting on you. Because if you're not there to move that big thingy back and forth, there's just no telling what could go wrong at church that day. That's a vital, vital part of the church is moving that volume up and down. Amen? So I started to learn how to develop faithfulness, which is something that I never was B.C., before Christ. Amen? So I started learning to develop faithfulness. And so after the sound booth, I started, I was an usher, and then I was a greeter. And then uh, they let me uh, work in the children's department. And then all of a sudden, before I left, it took three years before I went to Bible school, but uh, they let me actually do half of a class with Steve Williamson and teach on, the, on the, the Holy Spirit. And so it was the faithfulness that really had to get developed in me. 
So I've always come through the helps type of the vein. Amen? I believe it's vital that each and every one of us have an opportunity to develop faithfulness. Faithfulness is your promotion in the earth and your resume in the spirit. Your faithfulness is your promotion in the earth and your resume in the spirit. You will not get promoted in any way, shape, and form, unless it's a government job, (laughs) unless you are faithful in whatever you are called to do. There is no promotion without faithfulness. Time does not promote you. Faithfulness does. Well, I've been here five years. That's great. What have you done? What have you produced? When I came on staff, uh, it be 20 years this year, we came on staff 20 years ago. Yes, I was Jack and Mary Jean Pigeon's middle son. This is my older brother on the front row, Michael. But you know what? The rah-rah about me being their son wore off after about the first 10 days. <laughs> then I had to start producing something. Does that make sense? Had to learn how to be faithful. So faithfulness has always been one of the main themes that God has worked with me in my life. And I want to talk a little bit about faithfulness today. Is that okay? But I got so excited. I got so excited. Because instead of taking it in the direction that I wanted to go, I went back and started studying on the faithfulness of God. So I want to encourage you today. I want you to leave here so, your mind so made up, so secure in who you are and why you're here and that you're here for a purpose. Amen? And I want us all just to be encouraged because God is the author and source of faithfulness. Amen? All right. Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 9. Deuteronomy 7, verse 9. It says, Know therefore that the Lord your God, He is God, the faithful God, which keeps covenant and mercy with them that love Him and keep His commandments to a thousand generations. That's pretty cool right there, isn't it? Say, God is faithful. Let me read that again. Deuteronomy 7, 9. Know therefore that the Lord your God He is God, the faithful God, which keeps covenant and mercy with them that love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. When they're talking about the faithfulness of God, they're simply saying that is A, that number one, that he is something that could be lent on, leaned on. If something is faithful, you can lean on it. Amen? If I were to lean on this pulpit, is it faithful enough to support me? Well, I don't know. Maybe not so much. But how about this foundation? How about this platform up here? It's also something that can be built upon. Say built upon. God is faithful. You can lean on Him and you can build on Him. Whatever pressure you apply to that foundation, the foundation is more than any amount of pressure that can be applied to it. It's faithful. Amen? It's faithful. God is faithful. It's trustworthy. Can you tell me this morning, is God trustworthy? Can you really trust him? Absolutely. Did you enjoy Richard Roberts last Sunday night? How many of you received your healing? How many of you? Hallelujah. Many healings, amen, were received in here last Sunday night. But you know why? Because God is faithful. There's no sickness that you can put on his foundation that can cripple or crush him. 
He stands up under any and all circumstances. He's been tried under the worst of circumstances, and he always comes out on top. We serve a faithful God. He's faithful, and I'm going to give you a little bit more detail about that. Because he's faithful, he's trustworthy. And that's trustworthy because he is rigidly observant of obligation. He is rigidly observant of obligations. God takes care of his business. He's not like us. He means what he says and says what he means. And as you, as we get into this, you're going to see just how faithful of a God, just the corner that he paints himself into just for you and me, so that he can always be faithful to us. Amen? Always be faithful to us. God is the author and source of faithfulness. It all started with him. Amen? And it was passed down to us. And when we got born again, we got a measure of that faithfulness. But we have to develop it. Number one, God is a faithful creator. God is a faithful creator. You'll love this. He is bound to take care of those of whom he has made. To supply their necessities, to satisfy their desires, to give each the possibility of discharge in its ideal. God is a faithful creator. Now follow me with this. Everything that God makes, everything that God creates, he personally takes 100% responsibility for it. To the ant, when he created the ant, he said, ant, because I am creating you, I am going to provide for you, I'm going to protect you, and I'm going to propagate you, which means I'm going to let you multiply over and over and over. Ant, I will always make sure that all your needs are always met because I am a faithful creator. You will never be without because I will guarantee with my inexhaustible power that you will never go out, go out without all the days of your life. And I am faithful to you because I created you. I take responsibility for you. You are mine. To the whale. He says, whale, because I created you, I take personal responsibility for you. On my watch, you will never be without. I will meet all of your needs. I will provide for you. I will protect you. I will propagate you, which means I will multiply you. Well, you will never be without because I am a faithful creator and I take responsibility for everything that I make. Now, folks, where am I getting ready to go? You, because I created you. And this is what we have such a hard time getting through our heads. Because I made you, Virgil Maddox, I, God in heaven, am taking 100% sole responsibility for you. I will provide for you. I will protect you. I will propagate you. Your name will go on and on and on and on. You will never live without necessity or supply because I, your creator, have taken personal responsibility for you. There are no accidents in this room. 
There are no incomplete works in this room. Every one of us that God created, when He created us through Adam and Eve, He took personal responsibility for each and every one of us. And it's His purpose, His plan, and His desire for us to walk in the fullness of the purpose in which we were created. Folks, we could go home right there. He is a faithful creator. Say amen. amen. He is a faithful creator. So that's why when Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, let's look at that real quick. <coughs> Excuse me. Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 34. Very, very common passage of Scripture. It says, this is why he says this. <coughs> Excuse me. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body and what you should put on. Is not life, life more than meat and the body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, neither gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. <coughs> Are you not much more better than they? <coughs> Excuse me. I take that amen. That was a good one. Wherefore, if God so closes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow was cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? And then he says... Take no thought. How much time do we spend worrying? What am I going to eat? What am I going to wear? Where's this going to come from? How's this going to happen? If we had the revelation that God was a faithful creator and that he has taken full responsibility for you and guaranteed his name above his word, I'm sorry, his word above his name, to make sure that we are provided for, that we are cared for, that we are supplied, protected, that our name goes on and on and on. How much time do we waste worrying about things that we shouldn't worry about? Because we don't have faith in God. How many of us, even today, take thought? Well, how am I going to get that? How, how am I going to, where's that going to come from? How's this going to get here? And we spend all this time worrying, and if we really had faith in God, as our faithful creator, we would never worry again about, am I, if I use the money I have now, I, I won't get any more. If I sow now, I'm not going to have any for me later. I, I worry about my kids. I worry about my job. I worry about this. I worry about that. And we become professional worriers. And the Bible says over and over and over, take no thought. How much time could we spend helping others if we weren't constantly worried about ourselves? Thinking about ourselves is paralyzing. We get stuck. But I want to encourage us this morning. God is a faithful creator. Amen? Faithful creator. God is faithful by whom you were called. Therefore, he will do all that is imposed on him by the act of his calling. Whoever he calls, he supplies. Every person that he calls, he, Brother Copeland has used this analogy over and over again. If we went into the Air Force and you're an Air Force pilot, do you have to bring your own airplane? 
why do we act like that sometimes? Look, I got to come up with $13 billion, man. I got this airplane so I can go fly it in the Air Force. No, no, no. Who supplies the airplane? The government does. What do you supply? The technical training to fly it, to be good at it. Amen? I'm faithful to learn how to fly it, but I'm not faithful to have to supply it. God is faithful to supply whatever it is that you are called to do. Then, Brother Jack, why isn't it happening? Because you haven't spent time finding out what you're called to do. We fall into these routines. We fall into these motions of doing this and doing that. And we never ask God, Lord, what am I supposed to be doing? What was I created for? What's my purpose? What's my destiny? There are things in my heart, but Lord, I'm over here doing this. You know why, you know why there's so much dis-ease in the world today? Because we have so many people that aren't where they're supposed to be. We're all out of place. There's so many people that are out of place because we've been led by, and good things, by society and by our parents. Go to college, get a degree, but that's not what I want to do. It doesn't matter. You go and you do this and you follow this path and this is the pathway to success, and it's not. Each child is born individually and differently. And to take a blanket statement and throw it over all kids that they all have to go to college and all have to get four-year degrees and all have to follow this path in order for them to be successful is a lie from the pit of hell. You need to ask God, what is each child deliver? Lord, what is the bent? What is this child called to do? Because you'd be very, very surprised. Yes, some should go to college. Yes, some should get degrees. Yes, but there are others that might need to be doing something else. They just, they're not made to do what you're trying to make them do, and they're miserable for it. But we think this American dream is go to college and get a good job, and that's the only way you'll get by. It doesn't work. Do what you've been called to do. Amen. Find out what you were created for. What is your purpose? But that involves us spending time with the Father and asking Him, who am I? Why was I created? There are things in our hearts. Some of those things are from God. Those are things that He wants you to do. Amen? But we're too busy over here just trying to make money. Come on. This is so good. He cannot begin without completing. He has no abandoned works. His power and purpose never change. God never halfway created anything. He doesn't start something that he doesn't complete it. There are no unfinished works in the earth today. Is the grass incomplete? Are the mountains incomplete? Are the stars incomplete? Nothing that God does, does he ever do halfway or only, well, I can only afford this much, guys. I gave you half a mountain, it's a ma. I can only do half an ocean, it's an os. Think about that. Everything that God does, he does it completely and totally. Everything that he begins, he completes. Oh, I wish I could say that. Oh, I wish I could say that. Amen? I wish I could say that everything I ever started, I finished. I'm getting better at it, but why I got to be 53 years old to do it? Why didn't I learn this when I was younger? What did y'all teach me? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Philippians 1.6, and this should give some people some real hope today. Philippians 1.6. It says, and I am certain, say certain, that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished. 
on the day when Christ Jesus returns. Now, folks, you want a faith project? Who's believing God? Who needs a faith project? You need something to believe God for? You ready? Believe God that he's not done with you yet. Believe God that the final line hasn't been written on your life, that the song's not over, the poem's not finished, that the last page on you hasn't even been, that you haven't even gotten to the back of the book yet. It takes faith to believe that God is not done with me yet. I am under construction. Amen? And as a believer, we should always be living a life of being under construction. We should always be living and surrounding ourselves with people who are looking for change. We should always be looking for people who are trying to change. I never want to be with people that think, well, I've arrived. This is all I can ever do. I can't go any farther. Then you are limited by being around them. In the gym world, you should never be the strongest guy in the gym. Never. You never want to be the biggest or the strongest because there's no one else there left to motivate you to do more. I want to surround myself with people that are trying to change, that are hungry to change. That's why I love Mike and Jonathan and the staff and Vincent and my wife and the people that I hang out with. You know why? Because we're always like, hey, this is what God's working on with me. Man, I got up today and I, we're always looking for something for God to refine so that it will make me a better tool or a weapon in his hand. Amen. I'm constantly trying to change the way that I think. But I ha- guess what? None of it comes naturally. I have to purpose. I have to purpose in my heart to change the way that I think. Just because I work for God doesn't mean that my wife and kids, I never have to work on that. And that's what got the Old Testament guys in trouble. That's why they were such bad fathers. It's because they thought because they worked for God that God would automatically take care of their families. And he didn't because that was their responsibility. Amen. It takes, does everybody like hard work? Do you get excited if we talk about doing hard work? No, it's not thrilling. I'd rather have a donut. (laughs) But hard work to really get into who we are and get rid of those strongholds that have been holding us back for so long, it takes work. Amen. And the only way it's going to happen is through the word of God. The only way that I'm ever going to break through those strongholds and tear down those things that have been trying to limit me. See, God didn't put any limitations in you. God put no limitations on any man. We picked those up all by ourselves. We were conditioned. We were told. We weren't educated. Whatever the reason. I've used this example before, but there are no, there's no section at the library on failure. There's no book you can go check out on how to fail. Why is that? Because we don't need any help in that area. There's lots of books on self-help. There's lots of books on being a better this or being a better that. There's even books on dummies. I like those books on dummies. They help me do things that I want to do. But it doesn't take any, we don't need any help to fail. All we have to do is just stop. And a lot of us have just stopped. Our bodies age, we still come, we smile, but on the inside, we just stopped. But I'm here to tell you today that God is a faithful creator. That he's faithful to the calling that he's put on you. And if you'll get back in there, he is ready, willing, and able to go right back to work with us. But he's waiting on you. Amen. He's waiting on you. He's waiting on us. 
Thank you, Lord. God is faithful to his word. God, by his love, bounds himself to a known line of action, covenant. God, I want you to get a picture of this. This is how faithful that God is. That God bounds himself to a covenant with you and I. He takes all of heaven, all of his resources, all of his power, and he says, when we enter into covenant with him, he says, I will back my word, I will back that covenant because it is inexhaustible, and my words to you will always, 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 always. Is the word true? Have you ever put, your, put faith or put pressure on the word? And it worked for you? How many of you here today have put pressure on the Word of God and you've seen God do a miracle in your life? How many of you have put pressure on the Word when everything seemed bad, when all hope was gone, and you put faith, when they said it'll never happen, it'll never change, it's never happened before, God's favorite word is, it's impossible. Because God thrives in the world of the impossible. He defies, He confounds His critics in the world of the uh, impossible. With God, all things are possible to him that believe. See, I can tell you about how faithful God is. I can show you how faithful how God is. I can testify to how good God is, but you have to believe it. That's your part. Each one of us has to believe that God is faithful. Amen? And you have to operate it in your life. You have to make a place for it in your life. Now, here's my favorite one. He is faithful to forgive our sins. Now, folks, we should have a runting, shouting, jumping up and down. Hallelujah. That God is faithful to forgive all of our sins. Amen? Now, aren't you excited? What if God showed up to work tomorrow morning and was like, you know what? I just kind of changed my mind on that one. You know, the circumstances have changed. I've run out of patience, and I am no longer going to forgive sins. I woke up on the wrong side of heaven, and I just don't feel like being faithful to forgive sins anymore. What would happen to all of us? Crispy critters, we'd be gone. Aren't you glad that God is not limited to circumstance or source? Aren't you glad that he's maintained the same, same line of thinking, same line of power? He's never varied and he's never changed over the entire span of the world. He never changes. He never gets up and says, you know, my circumstances have changed, so I need to make an addendum to this policy. No, no. He solidifies. He backs he enforces, it's like concrete. It's like, I will never change. I will never change because I love these people so much. I will never alter my words towards this people. I will never change my plan or my purpose for them. And no matter, <laughs> this one always astounds me. You want to know just how much God loves us? He gives us the power to hate him. He gives us the ability to hate him because he says, I'm going to give this people free will and it's never going to be said that I made them, I coerced them, I manipulated them. Folks, if someone's coercing or manipulating you to do anything, it's not God. 
It's just not God. Amen? We should all be judged on the merits of what we're doing. If somebody, it's like a car commercial. If you have to put a half-naked woman on a car commercial, your car's not worth it. It's just not. If that's what it takes to sell your product as her, brother, you need to go work on your product because it's just not good. Amen? God doesn't manipulate us. He doesn't coerce us. He doesn't bully us. What if he came to you and was like, why didn't you go to church last night? What if he was waiting outside and bullied us about not coming to church or not doing what he called us? Does he do that? No, it's because he loves us. Amen? And he always comes to us on the basis of his love. He is faithful and just to forgive our sins. Amen? And if the only sins he can forgive are the ones that we bring to him. I keep telling my kids, live in the light, live in the light, live in the light. Live in the light, because that's where all your protection is. Live in the light. Don't hide something. Don't stick it in the corner in the dark in the room where no one sees anything. God's in there too. He knows what you're doing. Bring it into the light so that we can get it healed. We can get it whole. We can get you delivered. Denial is not a good strategy. It's just not. Denial won't do anything for you. You're just prolonging the inevitable. Amen? God is a faithful to forgive our sins. Faithful, faithful, faithful. Um, Hebrews 2.17. Jesus is our faithful high priest. God is faithful, so guess what Jesus is? Faithful. You see a pattern here? God, the author and source of of faithfulness, now passes it down to Jesus. Now Jesus is a faithful high priest. Amen? He's faithful. Why was Jesus a faithful high priest? Because his completed experience, he became perfectly equipped so that he became Jesus, and my wife was so good at showing me this, everything in the Bible is there for a reason, and and I'm going to end with this. Everything that's in the Bible is there for a reason. Jesus walked 33 years in the earth. Now, 33 was also the age that um, I believe that you had to be to become high priest. Is that right, honey? That you had to be 33 years old to become high priest. But Jesus had to do something, fulfill something called the human experience. Jesus had to walk the earth for 30 years before he started his ministry so that he could be a faithful high priest so that he could experience everything that you and I have ever experienced. Jesus was tempted in every way. Anybody been tempted? Tempted. I've been tempted before. He had to deal with the same things that you and I. In order for him to be a faithful high priest, instead of just bringing in this third party, when we went to him and said, Jesus, I'm dealing with a lust issue. What's lust? I don't have a clue what that is. No, no, Jesus had to walk in those shoes also. When he dealt with depression, he had to deal with anxiety. He had to deal with fear. He had to deal with everything that you and I had to deal with. So that when I go to him, he goes, oh yeah, I've been there. I can identify with you. Therefore, I am a faithful high priest to forgive your sins. Folks, he's been everywhere that you and I have ever been. And the power of what Jesus Christ did on the cross was so much stronger than what happened with Adam and the devil in the garden because he was able to take care of sin past, present, and future. He's a faithful God. Amen. Let's stand up. Hallelujah. He's faithful, faithful, faithful. Just bow your heads.
Father, we thank you, Lord, for today. We thank you for your word. And uh, we don't ever just want to take for granted that everybody in here is a born-again, spirit-filled person. If this is your first time to hear any of these words, if you've never heard any of this about God, that he's a faithful creator, if you've never asked Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior, but pastor, I go to church and I, I do all these things, that's wonderful. But unless you've actually made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, then it's just more of a religious exercise that you're doing. So if you have never actually had the opportunity to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, would you just slip your hand up and we'd just like to pray with you this morning. If that's you, then we have some people here and we'd just like to pray with you and welcome you into the kingdom. Okay. Well, it looks like we're all family today. That's all right. You can look at me. Amen. That's a good thing. Amen. It's good that we're all saved and all born again. Amen. Does anybody know somebody that needs to be born again? Oh, every hand in the place should go up. That's who you need to bring to church, folks. Amen? We need to get to the point where we feel comfortable bringing people to church on Sundays because, you know, you bring them, we'll catch them. Amen? Well, Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for the service. Uh, Lord, what a great, awesome day that we've had today, Lord. We plead the blood of Jesus over us. We thank you, Lord, for safety. Um, Lord, in the name of Jesus, we pray this in the prayer room. I take authority over this cold, flu, influenza, all this bronchial stuff, Lord, all this stuff that's trying to pass around. And Father, we redeem, we're redeemed from the curse of the law of sin and death. Sickness and illness is out of our house, out of our midst. We are redeemed from the curse of the law in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. God bless you. We'll see you Tuesday.